0: This is Unplugged, 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 Unplugged. Welcome to this episode of Unplugged. This is an episode where I just want to share uh, something that the Lord has put on my heart. Uh, This is something that I i think it was this week. I believe it was this week. And I was really in a place where my spirit was just yearning. Was um, It's actually been happening for some time where my spirit has just been in a place where it's just, it's almost like it's valve. The, the, the different valves, more valves of my spirit of open up. And yeah, my spirit is calling unto deep. As the scripture says, deep calls unto deep. It also talks about what things knowest. Uh, uh, it's only the spirit of a man that knows the things of a man. Likewise, only the spirit of God that knows the things of God. And so I think my spirit has just moved up the, the floor, moved up to a level where it really is seeking to find out the deep things of God. I mean, like mysteries, um, how the world works, like what is behind everything that we see on the surface, uh, because... I I am at a place where I want the Bible to be livable for me to do life through the Bible if if this is the word of God if this is the alpha omega if this is the book that talks about the past the present, and the future, then I'm at a place whereby I want to use the Bible and my walk with God to interpret the current times, the seasons. There's a scripture somewhere that says, the sons of Issachar were wise, discerning the times, and a lot of people rely on the news. discern the times but as christians that's not how it should be we should discern the times using the bible so before cnn or fox news tells it you should know it you should be able to tell where the tide is going uh it's even at a point where I really believe that if we really exerted ourselves that Wall Street should be coming to us to ask us where are the markets going to trend. Literally, that's the degree of our priesthood. That's why uh, Christianity has fallen off. You know, in the scripture, it says, in Isaiah, it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. The government, all governments in the world right now, should be upon the shoulders of a certain Christian someone. That's how far, you know, we have fallen off. And so I've been at the feet of God, Asking him, how do we get back to that place where the government is now on our shoulders? You know, if if you read through the Old Covenant, you will see that in the Old Covenant, or what some people call the Old Testament, you will see that the Spirit of God rested on three people. The the high priest, the prophet, and the king. The king in in our modern day time would be like, you know, like the president or the the government. Now, what was interesting is that before the king could pass any legislation, before the king could go to attack any country, a good king, one who really they were walking with God, they would always ask the prophet what what does the lord say and that's why all throughout the old covenant you you see this phrase come up time and time again thus says the lord because it is the king who had asked for instruction and guidance and i believe that we should be at a stage right now where the medical field should be asking some christian people and saying, what kind of medication should we now be manufacturing to protect ourselves against the next, you know, um, attack, you know, the next pandemic, things like that. Wall Street, before Wall Street opens up in the morning, they should be calling a Christian someone and asking them, at night, where are the markets going to go tomorrow? You know, hedge fund managers, they should literally, all these places in out in the marketplace, all of them should have a Christian someone that speaks the prophetic. So now I am seeing how this whole Christian walk was supposed to be intertwined with our daily lives. I'm seeing things that I'd never seen before because I think we thought that Christians, like we were supposed to come to church, do our Sunday service, leave God at church, leave the whole experience at church, and then Monday just go back to the world. No, knowing that the church the place Ecclesia, it means the called out ones. We're the ones who are called out from the world, the chosen ones, the spirit of the Lord will then descend upon us, come upon us, receive a prophetic, and then go back into the world and be the light. That's how this thing is supposed to be moving. So I've really been asking the Lord and saying, how can how can we go from how can I take my Christianity that I receive on Sunday? How do I carry it throughout the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? How can I be of impact in the marketplace? And so, you what you don't know is that. The daughters of um let's say the prophet, the, the prophetic. It's different to have to receive prophetic utterances from walking in the office of a prophet. Walking in the office of a, of a prophet means it's like your it becomes like your full-time calling, right? It's kind of like, but you don't have to be in the office of a prophet. To have the spirit of prophecy work through you. So, a prophet is a mouthpiece, right? When God called Moses, he said, I've made you a God unto Pharaoh, and I made Aaron a prophet. So, Aaron was a mouthpiece of the utterances that were coming in. So you at your workplace could still be a prophet at your workplace whereby you can walk in and tell your boss and say, no, if we do a partnership with that company, it will not be successful. And here's why. So you start to operate in the anointing of Daniel, of Joseph, where you walk into the office and you may not be the CEO. You may even be the secretary. You may even be the one who answers the phones. But yet, the whole company leans on your prophetic utterances to operate. This is how this whole thing was designed to be. This is how far we have fallen to the, mo- to the point where they can close churches down during a pandemic and say we are non essential they no longer have need of us. But this was not the case in the Old covenant. Governments operated around the word of the Prophet. That says the Lord. Battle strategies, military commanders, army generals, with all their training they still needed to first hear what does the Lord say about this strategy. How shall we attack? God will steal the brains behind the muscle. Yes, man was still needed to go out on the battlefield, the muscle, but the strategy came from the word of the Lord, which is released through the prophet. So the Lord has been sharing and saying, son, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive, and I will heal their land. Now, that can be translated for your company. If my daughter, who's working at this company, whom I have called, called out one church, ecclesia will humble herself and pray and seek my face and turn away from her her wicked ways. I will hear from heaven. I will hear, forgive, and heal. I will heal her land, the place where I have now placed her. So all of us in our different ministries, we should be Uh, carrying these gifts over into our workplaces. But because as Christians, you haven't brought... the Right now, people look at Christians and say, the only value you're giving us right now is condemnation, which is of no value. The only thing that the Christian faith is now putting at the table, how most people perceive it, is condemnation is preaching the gospel of Sodom and Gomorrah. So we're beating people upside the head with the gospel of sin and hell. So when your company looks at you and says, we need, we have a problem here, that is when they should rely on the God you serve. That is when you should walk and manifest the mantle of Joseph, where you say, oh, king, find the person who should do this. And say, based on what the market is saying, there's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of drought. So the strategy I give you is that take 20% of all the produce in the seven years of plenty, store it in barns, and then when the seven years of famine come about, you will have enough to carry you. You make that utterance, and your boss is astounded. They say, Wow, where did that come from? Then they will respect the God that you serve. You know? Then when they tell you on a Wednesday, when when is during the week, when when then they will respect you when you say, when they ask, Where is she? You say, Oh, every 3 p.m., 3 to 4, I have to pray. Your boss will respect you. It's not, you, won't, you won't need to use your lunchtime prayer to pray. No. You said, boss, at between three and four, I have to excuse myself. Where is she? She's going to talk to the great one. And they will even respect you and give you that privacy. They'll let you say, no, it's okay, don't leave her. In fact, your boss will be coming in at 3 p.m. and say, don't you have a meeting with the God you serve? And you're going to meet him today? They'll be relying on you. So you'll be a prophet, even though you're the secretary, but you, the whole company will be revolving around you. This is how this thing supposed to work we are supposed to be mouthpieces of the Lord. Whereby, okay, you can tell your boss the first time and say, this is how it's going to go down. And your boss will say, no. I said where did you get that from? I say, God told me. And he'll scoff at you. And then God will see to it that the thing that you said is what happens. And you say it the second time. So after the third time, your boss will now come to you. He will he'll, he'll bow down he'll bow down because he'll know the next time you speak, he has to listen. So he'll be the CEO. He'll be your manager, but he'll know he cannot operate without your prophetic utterance. This is how this is supposed to be moving. The government shall be upon his shoulders. What says the Lord? Thus says the Lord. Because Daniel lived in Babylon. Babylon was not a city of believers. There's pagan gods, Babylon was exactly what a lot of Christians are dealing with today. Where your workplace is Babylon. Where the society we live in is Babylon. But Daniel thrived in Babylon. Everybody knew, but it's so funny that when they analyzed all of them, the king found Daniel to be 10 times wiser than all the other magicians, scientists, philosophers, 10 times wiser. So God separated him. And then they knew that this guy just likes every three times a day, he needs his quiet time. So you could find that all the other priests had to be at their work desks. You know, they had to be at work at that time. But Daniel, no one could mess with him. Because they knew this is the guy that we're all thriving on. We're all riding his cocktails. So if Daniel stands up at 9 a.m. when he just arrived at work and he goes into his prayer closet, his boss won't tell him anything. If he stands up again at midday or at 12 p.m. or at 1 p.m. and goes for another hour, his boss won't say anything. And if he does it again at 3 p.m., his boss won't say anything. The government of the office then starts to be upon your shoulders. You see, Daniel didn't need to have the title that he was the king of Babylon. No. But he was controlling how everything runs. And that's why those people got jealous of him. And they came and told the king, hey, no one is allowed to pray, to do this. But Daniel still did it. And even the king that night could not sleep. He says, oh, Daniel, the God that you serve will save you. So his title wasn't king. But the government of Babylon at that time was upon the shoulders of Daniel. And the Lord still wants to do that. So this is just the appetizer of where actually this episode is going. So all this to say is that I'm at a place where I'm i I am constantly poking the father right now and said no this thing you talk about in this book show me show me that I can live my everyday life through my Christian walk that I can do everything through the word of God. Show me, there's something that you're hiding from me. Show me, Lord, show me there's something that, um, something doesn't make sense. And so, this week, there was, a revelation that came in that I'd never really thought about. So I just wanted to share this with you. And I really hope and pray and believe that this will bless you. So I woke up and was very early in the morning, you know, and probably around, um, it was three, 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 three o'clock, three something. And in that moment, I was, I was like should I pray? I was I was like but I you know I I started praying a little bit praying in the spirit and But then after that I said Lord I I feel like this last couple of weeks I've been doing a whole lot of praying but I haven't really been hearing you. Has that happened where because sometimes you might think that just because you pray more, you're gonna hear more. But there's a way in which you have to pray as well. So I was, I was asking. I was like, I've been praying a lot the last couple of weeks, coming before. But it feels like i I expect to hear more, but I'm not really hearing more. It's almost like in other seasons I've had more with less prayer. So what is wrong? So of course he. He spoke out and said, "Well, first of all, you're doing you're doing most of the talking. Um, you're doing most of the talking. You're not really giving me much time to speak back to you. So while that was happening, so I, I you know I just kept quiet and." Um, I started to meditate and, and I, and I, and I, and I, so I left myself open. I said, okay. So after about 45 minutes of praying, I just, ah, uh, you know, I said, okay, let me, let me keep quiet. But part of me, this is also another problem. Once we're getting in routine. So, you know, it's funny because before you'll not wake up to pray. But now you wake up and you and and you you have you already put God in a your routine. You're like every morning I wake up, I'm gonna pray for one hour, maybe I'm gonna pray for two hours, and then but if you wake up and after 10 minutes of prayer, then maybe the Lord has also been anxiously waiting for you to wake up so that He can speak to you. And He's been waiting for you. So you wake up and you pray for 20 minutes and you get an utterance and the Lord starts to speak. I think we need to be wiser. That's the time to shut up so that you do not continue with your routine. And I'm speaking to myself right now. You don't continue with your regular routine or say, no, I must keep talking for the next two hours because then you've messed up the whole encounter because sometimes of how you've been pursuing the lord is that now you have his attention so now you wake up on a certain morning and now he's at he's like at the door he's knocking so you don't have to go and find but he's now there waiting for he's like oh i'm waiting for her to wake up so the moment you start to initiate communication with him after like 10 minutes boom you get a you get an utterance he speaks something like oh That's when we should just keep quiet and just let him just continue and talk and talk and talk and tell us all the things that he wants to say. So after about 45 minutes of praying, I, in and out, I was still, part of me was like, ah, but I still got to pray, still got to pray. I said, I said, maybe he's right. I said, okay, Lord, I've done a whole lot of talking. I said, I'll just stop praying. I'll just listen. And it's actually not right when we say, I'll stop praying. No, I'll stop because praying is two-way communication. You talk, he talks. You talk, he talks. So when you stop talking, it doesn't mean that the prayer has ended. It just means now it's his turn to talk, right? It's like if you're on a phone call and two of you are talking, when you stop talking, it doesn't mean that the phone call has ended. It's when both of you stop that the phone call ends. So I kept quiet and I said, okay, the floor is yours. Whatever you want to talk, whatever you want to talk, whatever you want to talk, whatever you want to talk. So in this moment of being still and quiet, then this scripture, he said something that I was like, my goodness. He said, the scripture just came to me. He just kept on saying, In the volume of the book, it is written of me. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. So it it just really started becoming so strong in my spirit. Say, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. And what's also interesting is that, then I started remembering the whole scripture says, then said I, lo, I come, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. While, while, the moment when he said that, then he now, told me another scripture that connected it. He said, I just kept on hearing this. I leave, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I leave, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So I was like, what is going on here? I said, I leave, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. Oh, do you see that? The first one is Galatians chapter two, verse 20. The next one appears twice. First, it appears, um, I don't know if it only appears twice, but first it appears in Psalms chapter 40, verse five, Psalms chapter 40, verse 7. Now, when you connect those two scriptures, you'll be like, wow. This is why scripture chemistry is powerful. So the first scripture that came says, In the volume of the book, it is written of me. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. And then when he added the other one from Galatians 2.20 that says, I, I was in fact he was he only used half of the scripture. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So if you now put that one first, and you put the other one next to it, you have you get a powerful statement that is gonna that is just oh my goodness. So you first so you say okay. Galatians two twenty. Um let's 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 first read Galatians 2:20. we we'll read Psalms forty, and then we'll see how it all it all beautifully comes together. So Galatians 220 Galatians 2:20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now, I'm going to stop there. Christ lives in me. So if Christ lives in me, then I bring that other scripture, Psalms 40, verse 7, Christ lives in me. So then said I, lo, I come. So Christ lives in me. So now there is a new life that I have entered that I start to live. So I said, lo, I come. Now, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. The first revelation was, then he told me, do you realize how many times the first one who came, who it was written after in the volume of the book, that that's why when he was tempted, and you see this across in the, in the, Uh, New Testament, in the Gospels, it appears over probably around um, probably around 30 times in the Gospels. You always see Jesus using this phrase, it is written of me. In fact, he he says, it is written. What was very interesting that morning and very powerful is that the Lord started to show me that when Jesus was here, things had been written about his life, what would happen, his death, his crucifixion, his resurrection, miracles. Um, turning the religious uh, hypocrisy around, all, all, all the things. So when Jesus comes, he comes to fulfill what is written of him in the volume of the book. So he shows up. John the Baptist says, you're the greater one. You're the one who should be baptizing me. Jesus says, no. The scriptures already said, you're the one who baptized me. I understand. I am the greater one. But let us do this to fulfill the scriptures. He shows up when he when he starts to whip the people and chasing them out of the temple. He quotes something again. He says, have I, have I not said my house shall be a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves and robbers when he's being uh, tempted it is so powerful this is again something we need to catch is when he was being tempted he had to fall back on the scriptures for a way out it is written so as he's doing his ministry, he was basically trying to fulfill what was written of him. So then I said, well, you know, many a times as Christians, we're looking for prophetic utterances from someone else. You know, you, you go to church and you're waiting for someone to say, there's someone in, in here and you're going this, this, and this. We we want to leave Our lives on. oh, what does the man of God have for me? What does the woman of God have for me? But, hey, thank you, Holy Spirit. The scripture says, but we have a sure word of prophecy. We have a sure word of prophecy. The sure word of prophecy is the word of God. Now, it's so powerful that I had not seen this before. And this is going to blow your mind. It says, we have a sure word of prophecy. Let me quickly find that. Meaning that the one that you can find at the church by your pastor, it may not be a sure word of prophecy. This one is from 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. He says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Wow! Wow! He says, "Whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawn, and the day star arise in your hearts." That is so powerful. So when you hear the scripture says, so it's it's so interesting. Check this out. This is in this is in in Second Peter chapter one, right? The scripture before that, you know, Peter is uh, talking about in in verse seventeen. He says, "For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory." This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount, the mount of transfiguration. Peter says we had this voice that said these things. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But he goes on to say that there is something higher than even the voice which came from heaven. He says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. That's insane that he's saying there is a more sure word of prophecy. Something that he says that you can take, something that you can almost uh, put in more trust than the voice which came from heaven. That is insane. We have a more sure word of prophecy. So what the Lord wants me to tell you today is that there is a more sure word of prophecy for you in the Bible. And I'm going to show it to you. But you have to go on your own discovery. I've already started on this revelation and things have started to happen already. I'm like, oh my goodness. Peter is saying, we had a voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. But we also have a more sure word of prophecy. Meaning, the prophecy through the word of God is more sure and concrete than the prof- than the prophecy that might come out of a prophetess on a pulpit. Then what your pastor, what the man of God might say, the one in the scripture is more prophetic for you. So, so as I was thinking about this, I couldn't help but ask. If Jesus Christ walked according to the scriptures, what they had said about him, that means since from the moment I gave my life to him, and now I live, yet not I, but Christ. So when he was crucified, I was also crucified. So I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But not I, it's not I anymore, but Christ lives in me. So if Christ lives in me, and Christ, when Christ came, the anointed one lives in me, that he was living according to what was written about him in the volume of the book, the, sh- the more sure word of prophecy, that means even right now, I myself, Calvin, I should be able to now to start looking from Genesis to Revelation and say, things, there's a more sure word of prophecy written about me in the scriptures between Genesis and Revelation about every single thing that I'm going through right now in life. And I can find concrete instruction, utterances that will pinpoint to my life and know a way out and move on that sure word of prophecy. So I said, Wow. So, I now start to read the Bible, not from a standpoint of I just want to know about the life of Jesus. No, now I start to read about the Bible and find out, so all of these things have now also been written about me. You know, things have been written about me in Genesis over to Revelation that I can now take those scriptures Because you can find Christ in every book of the Bible. And actually, you can find Christ, Jesus, on every page of the Bible. That's how powerful it is. You have to find him and see him. You need revelation to know, oh, that is Christ. That is Christ. That is Christ. That is Christ. So now my new mission is What did prophet Isaiah say about me? What is it that prophet Isaiah has spoken about my life that I now also, just like when Jesus, do you remember when Jesus stood up in the temple? This was in Luke chapter four. In Luke chapter four, Jesus stands up and says, it is written. No, Luke chapter four, verse, um, Where is that? Um, Holy Ghost, help me out here. Let me find that. Where Jesus Christ comes back from being tempted. And then he stands up and he finds himself in the book of Isaiah. And that's where he quotes himself. This is in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It starts off, let's start off from Luke chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now here he was quoting Isaiah chapter 61. There, verses 1 to 4, right in there. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He sent me to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. So a scripture is talked about. Isaiah wrote about this moment. So Jesus fast forward over 800 years later on. um, He now gets to a moment where in his actual life, the flesh where he's now walking in that scripture and saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he is walking through that scripture he is quoting what was quoted what was written of him that the spirit of the Lord will be upon him but I honestly was like Lord is it possible then now I can also start to read from Genesis to Revelation and start to find out what was written about me. Because if the, if the Word of God is that powerful, if, if he's saying that I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, do you? I, I really want you to get this. If he's saying, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, That means I also, Calvin Cavanda, I should be able to fulfill what, to find out what was written of me in the volume of the book. Because we have exchanged life. It means when prophet Isaiah prophesied, it was not only for Jesus Christ. It was also for me. So there's things that Isaiah has said about me that I can also find myself. Now, Jesus Christ finds himself on every page. In the Bible. I might not find myself on every page in the Bible. But I, I should be able to find myself in every book of the Bible. I should be able to. And the Lord has told me yes. I should be able to. So he's saying these people, there's so many of us who right now, you don't know what, to, what step to take next. You're paralyzed. You don't know what decision to make in your life. You don't know what to do next. But yet, there's, you have a more sure word of prophecy in the word of God. That means, I literally did this today. Because I've been meditating about it. I said, wow, is this really true? That Because now that I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And lo, now this new life that I live, lo, I come. Now in the volume of the book, it is written of me. That means I can start to find scriptures in the word of God where I can say, Oh, this is this is written of me right now. And before when when I knew that the Lord had, when the Lord started to reveal his mission for me in my life, uh back in 2021, when I really first understood what I've been called onto this earth to do. You know, for me, it was through the book of Isaiah. And at first, because someone was asking me, saying, where, like, where did you see these things? Like, where did the Lord say these things? But it's only until right now that I, because at that time, you know, when you say, oh, the Lord told me this using this scripture. At that time, I thought that, you know, like, I did not know that that was actually the most sure word of prophecy. But it was very interesting that at that time, every scripture reference that I had, when I was having discussion telling you, I would say, oh, this is what the Lord wants to do in my life. It was all through scripture. And those scriptures were speaking to me. And it was asked, they were telling me this, 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 and that. But every scripture was through Isaiah. And then one time I was listening to someone minister, and they said, if you... It said every Christian has to be able to find themselves in the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and another one. But now I'm finding that it's not even only those books. In the volume of the books, meaning there's a scenario in your life right now that the way it should go, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's scriptures from Genesis to Revelation where it has been written of you. This is the degree to which we should be walking in. So I know that for me, I've received, I know where Isaiah spoke about me. And I hold those scriptures dear to me. And in fact, the more I talk about it, I think there's a time when I stopped looking at them. I kind of put them at the back of my mind, but I should be visiting those scriptures every day. Because that tells me exactly where I'm headed. However, there was a season in my life, uh, like right now, where I was curious. I was saying, Lord, I'm trying to figure out this situation. Is this situation written about in the volume of the book? So I say, since this is like a, a new revelation that I myself am going to be Um, exercising and practicing daily. I said, I'm just going to choose a random book because you say in the volume of the book, it's written of me. I said, use Haggai. So I went into Haggai. I said, let me choose a book that has only, the book of Haggai only has two chapters. So I said, show me, Holy Spirit, show me in the book of Haggai where it is written of me. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm not going to share in detail, but I found in chapter 2, I found about five scriptures that literally talked about the, the this situation, and they even told me how it's going to play out. Five scriptures one two three four five yes just in the book of Haggai reading it two times I found two five scriptures that it is written of me right now so I'm saying what so the same that then it makes sense Remember, Peter said, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. This was in in contrast to, 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 to him saying, we had a voice from heaven, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. How can you call the word of God a more sure word of prophecy than the voice actually from heaven? That shows you the depths of the word of God. So right now, whoever is listening to this, I want to challenge you. Ask the Lord and say, open what what is written of me in the volume of the book. Say, I'm going through this right now. And I know one of your prophets said something to, to, to what I'm going through. So open up my eyes to receive what did this person say about me? That is where I wanna challenge you. I'm telling you, I I cannot stress this enough that I think the body of Christ we've been missing out. He said, hey, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So if Christ is the one who lives in me, that means what was written of Christ now applies to me as well in the volume of the books. I should also be able to go and find my life from Genesis to Revelation, instructions, no matter the situation I'm going through, that a prophet, a man of God, issued an utterance that 2,000 years ago would also be written of me. So, I'm telling you, do like I did. Just choose a random book in the Bible. Specifically... um, I'm I'm yet to do to 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 hone in specifically on the new covenant but choose between Genesis and and Malachi right and in all of those books choose choose a book and say lord i want you to show me where in this specific book it has been written of me and come back and share what you have discovered you are going to be blown away just like i have so now i want to go on an adventure what did prophet zechariah write about me so now i have to search all the scriptures i know what i i know i know what jeremiah has said about me i know what isaiah said about me but Now I needed to hear something about this situation. And I said, is there a prophet that uttered an utterance that fits to this specific situation? And I told you I found five scriptures from a book that only has two chapters. I found five scriptures about something. So the question that I also have for you is you need to find out what book in the Bible are you fulfilling right now? Like in what, what, uh, okay. Let's, let me just use another scenario because I just, I want to leave you with this. Let's say for instance, um, any situation, let me say, you know, if you if you're looking for if you're looking for a child, and you have failed to, you can't have kids. In the volume of the book, it is written of you. The situation of not being able to have a child. If you go in the volume of the book, it is written of that situation. So you can go to to First Samuel. You can go and read about Hannah who had failed to have a child and you can see that you also, you're going through that situation but then you do what Hannah did and that's how you're going to have your Samuel. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Everything we're looking for I am now starting to believe it without a shadow of a doubt that you can just, whatever you're going through, it has been written about in the volume of the book. So our duty then becomes to start searching the scriptures and say, oh, what did Samuel say about me? Can I find myself in the book of Ruth? Can I find myself in the book of Ezekiel? Can I find myself in the book of Daniel? Because in the volume of the books, it is written of me. Once again, remember, the scripture says, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And if he lives in me, Therefore, I can also say, then say I, lo, I come, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. This was, an, this was Unplugged. I hope this episode blessed your heart. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. We'll